You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. Interstate Batteries offers a wide variety of batteries for your everyday needs. Stop into one of their thousands of retail locations and talk with a battery specialist about batteries for your truck, trail cameras, and even those weird batteries for your rangefinder. Interstate Batteries even offers cell phone repair in certain locations. For more information, visit interstatebatteries.com. Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable. Transform the way you hunt with the all-new base cellular trail camera connected by the Moultrie Mobile app. Moultrie Mobile's industry-best app gives you complete control over your camera settings, up-to-the-minute updates from the field, and other interactive scouting tools on your smartphone or computer. Features like weather forecast, advanced species recognition, interactive maps, and a whole lot more. For more information and to make your purchase, visit www.moultriemobile.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. Welcome to the How to Hunt Turkeys podcast. I'm Paul Campbell. Join me as we dive into the world of turkey hunting. Every episode, we'll explore the minds of the finest turkey hunters around. We'll take a look at the people, the places, the tactics, gear, and the culture that creates the mystique around America's favorite bird. That's right, I said it, America's favorite bird, the wild turkey. Throw on your turkey vest, grab your box call, let's talk some turkey. The How to Hunt Turkeys podcast is brought to you by Go Wild. Visit timetogowild.com or download the app on iOS or Android. Go Wild has all the gear the wild turkey hunter needs. Camel clothes, hats, vest, turkey calls, decoys and everything else sign up for a free account today and get ten dollars off your first order time to go wild.com wicked north gear delivering the very best gear for a life well lived in the great outdoors from field kits and diy tax derby solutions to hats hoodies stickers and more visit wickednorthgear.com Welcome to another episode of the How to Hunt Turkeys podcast. Man, I am your host, Paul Campbell. Listen, I'm not feeling the best today. I've had a, a little stomach bug going on, but I am not going to let that deter me from the fact the turkey season is here. March 4th, Southern Florida, we've been talking about it for weeks. Turkeys are hitting the ground. Our buddies, Team Wingbone, from last week's episode, hope you guys enjoyed that. They are on the board down there. A couple other guys are on the board that I've seen uh, that I'm friends with, so congratulations to all of the uh, turkey hunters out there in southern Florida. My buddy Jonah Hyatt down there lives in Florida. He's putting some awesome content on turkeyseason.com. He's on the board, so, man, what, what a time to be alive, man. I am so excited the turkey season is here, so... Thanks to our sponsors, uh, timetogowild.com. They got a ton of stuff for the turkey hunter out there. Uh, you hear it in the intro. They, they have everything. It's an awesome social community platform. Check those guys out. Find me on there, Paul Campbell. Find my other podcasts I do with my buddy Andrew, the O2 podcast. Uh, find my buddy Derek, Ted Boogie, Brad. Oh, Dan, what a great community. A ton of guys that are on there. A ton of folks that are on there. It, it, it's, it's, it's a really neat place to learn. Read the article that I wrote about the now near me feature. You're really going to be able to use that uh, during turkey season, I think. So check that out. And thanks to our guys uh, at wickednorthgear.com. Man, I'm telling you, every person needs one of the turkey kill kits in their vest. That thing is a lifesaver. You're going to love it. So check that out, wickednorthgear.com. You've heard me talk about it the last couple of weeks. Uh, a little side project, if you will, that I've been working on, turkey season 
Com. That sucker is live. We got some great content coming up there. Uh, listen, it's just going to get better from here. It's evolving. There's new things being added. There's new products. We got some cool turkey calls up there. Uh, I've got some awesome videos, some awesome content, some pictures, all sorts of really neat stuff uh, available on turkeyseason.com. Uh, so, so check that out. Love to love to have your feedback on it. So you can find me on Instagram, the How to Hunt Turkeys podcast. It's H2HT podcast. Find me on Go Wild. Paul Campbell. You can find me personally on Go Wild or uh, on, on Instagram uh, as well. I know a lot of you guys have reached out. Thank you so much for that. Uh, it is Paul Campbell three two two. I've seen some reviews coming in on the podcast. Thank you so much for that. I can't tell you how fortunate I am that, uh, that you guys listen to this show uh, and provide me with the feedback that we're looking for. So thank you so much. Uh, and and I say this every time I talk to one of you guys that reach out. Keep me posted about your turkey season, any struggles that you're having, successes, failures message me i'm here to help i'm here to help you become a better turkey hunter turkey hunting if, if you're if you're fairly new to it it can be a mental grind it really can but man it is the most rewarding hunt i think that you can experience so i'm glad that you're here listening to this podcast i'm glad that you are uh, willing to get into the pursuit of turkey hunting i'm here to help you become a better turkey hunter so today's episode philip culpepper from hunt club tv realtree uh Really, really nice guy. I, 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 I've, I've gotten to know Philip uh, over the last couple of months. I guess uh, I, 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 I enjoy the conversations that we've had. We got to meet uh, at the NWTF show, which was great. Uh, so we, Philip and I, dive into a very controversial topic within the turkey hunting world, and it's it's controversial from the standpoint that um, it can be very successful. Reaping turkeys, fanning turkeys is, is the topic that we get into. It can be very successful. Uh, there is an, an, an inherent danger of walking through the woods or through a pasture anywhere that you're at, uh, and you literally look like a Tom in full strut. So if, if it is legal in your state and you feel that it's necessary or it's something that you want to do, I want you to do the research. I want you to look at it. I want you to really think about uh, the risks that are there. And we talk about it. One, one thing that I like about this podcast is Philip and I disagree on this topic, but we have a constructive conversation. And I disagree with him on, on, on reaping and fanning turkeys. And, you know, you guys don't know me personally. A lot of you, uh, you know, we've never met. We've never talked. Uh, but I, I'm not... I'm not one to get in your face about something, uh, even when I'm really passionate about, you know, like turkey hunting. I'm as passionate as anyone when it comes to protecting the resource uh, and promoting the conservation uh, and the overall health of the of the wild turkey in this in every state, in the 49 states that this bird listens. I mean, there's there's not many more people, you know, passionate about. It. I've I've dedicated my personal professional life to to propping up and promoting this animal. So I, I want you. You know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna yell at people. I want to have good conversations. I'm not a keyboard warrior. All right, I've had a couple of people push back. You know, when you have a when you have a podcast or you write, you know, people people want to take shots at you. Uh, I listen. I've 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 exchanged numbers with people that have been critical about me or something that I've said on the internet. Say, hey, call me. I want I want to hear what what you have to say, and and you have good conversations. I'm not gonna fight with someone on the internet. I will never do that. Uh, and if you're one of those people, I want you to really consider um, stopping uh, because you, it's just a bad look, right? It's just it's 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 a dumb it's a dumb thing to be to be a part of fighting on the internet. It's stupid. Stop it. If you've got a problem with someone, have a conversation in private. Have a conversation, you know, on the phone. Um, this this topic, reaping fanning, really gets people fired up for good reason. I think there's a lot of things. Um, that we need to understand more as turkey hunters. I think the the science is still out for debate. Our buddy Cameron Weddington wrote uh, wrote an article uh, on on outdoor life that you can read. So I I just want you, if you decide to get in this, I want you to to, to consider all of it. Okay, all of it. And I'm not going to tell you one way or the other. Um, the only thing I talk about here for me, it's a no, it's a no fly zone for me, and I'll never do it. I've never done it. Uh, because it's a safety concern, and and I tell a really tragic story uh, that just happened here in the last two or three turkey seasons, um, you know, uh, about a young man uh, th that was killed on his family farm. So you take it all into consideration. But this is a great episode with Philip. 
um, dude's been been in this in this turkey hunting game for a long time. We talked about his history at Real Tree, how he got started. Really cool, man. It's a really cool story. Philip's an awesome guy. He really is. I love the guy. Uh, putting out some really cool content. He's going to put more turkey seat or turkey hunting content this year than he ever has. So that's pretty neat. So thanks for listening to this episode. Thanks for listening to this podcast. I really appreciate you guys. Please check out turkeyseason.com. I think you're really going to like the uh, like the website. So until next week, turkey season's open. Keep posting on your progress, guys. In the past, it's been, you know, when I first started Hunt Club, it was just kind of a deer episode type thing in the fall. And then, but this year we're actually going full bore. So we're going to have, which we, I mean, I think just in February alone, we're going to have eight shows coming out originally. Nice. And then, uh, and so then, but then we'll be, we'll be, once March hits, we're going to be full bore cranking them out like we have Spring Thunder in the past. So we'll be having, from March on, we'll have, to May, we'll have 15 to 20 episodes. Yeah. So it ought to and- be, We'll be cranking them out. So, are you still doing Spring Thunder? In yes, I'm still hunting? doing. I'm, I'm, I've got a reduced role in it, but I'm still doing. You know, okay. I'm still doing a handful of episodes. Okay, uh, but so Real Tree's producing that. You know, they obviously they're growing in the in the production side of what all they got in their digital footprint, and so they're in the past we had Drake Lamb um, had produced all the stuff. Um, under when he was under another company, Midwest Whitetail, well, then everything, everybody kind of started growing. Drake went out on his own and then started working under the Hunt Club umbrella. So Realtree's producing all, because they're, they're, they're kind of going several, several ways with Spring Thunder um, when the past gotcha. was just me. So they uh, obviously are diversifying a little bit. So well, I mean, what makes sense, they're going, you know, different parts of the country. So they're producing that in-house and then Drake's producing all the Hunt Club stuff. So Oh, nice. Uh, okay. We're, we're going, Drake's still working real close with me. So we're going, we're going to be hit. He'll be, me and him will be attached to the hip um, all spring nice. like we have been the past five years. So <laughs> there you go, man. Um, you know, like you talk about spring thunder. I, I started turkey hunting. I just started hunting in general in 2008. I didn't, I didn't grow up hunting. Um, it, I was 25 when, when I started hunting. And thank God I did, man. I'm going to be honest. It pulled me out of a, of a dark pit. Uh, at the time of my life, but Spring Thunder was like the first TV show that I found for turkey hunting. Cool. <laughs> yeah, what, it, what year would that have been? That'd tell a lot of what you got, what you got to experience, especially as far so, as I can on the scene. It would have been, I think, 2009, 2010 would have been when so I started. you were watching it back when the hunting public guys were doing it. Yeah, when Aaron okay. was when Aaron was on it, um, and then just but like Spring Thunder, that's just like. I, what a name i don't know who came up with that but that's like that's the that's like the the phrase that i associate with <laughs> with turkey hunting is right. like spring thunder right i not so i'm sure that was intentional but man like and here we are you know almost 20 years later like spring thunder that's that's just all i think about when turkey start gobbling like here we go <laughs> that's, so that's great and it's hard to believe even that 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 because I was at Realtree at that time, but then it, it, I was producing Realtree, uh, Realtree road trips. So mm-hmm. the digital side of it was never even like crossed my mind. I was doing all I could do just to, just to get by enough to be able to produce a TV show. And, um, yeah. and so, but they even know that it was going back that early, you know, and then obviously everything, everything metamorphosizes and changes and evolves. And, uh, and then I guess the first year I started doing it would have been 2018. Okay. And, uh, and that was the first year ever of doing anything like digital. Everybody's like, we're going to do this digital show. I'm like, God, I mean, what is that? Like, you didn't even, I mean, you know what YouTube was, but that was, you know, that was before Realtree came out with the 365 app and all that. And we started doing it. And it was the first year of, of we started doing it. Man, it was like trying to, we we're, I, 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 there was so much like pressure from the back end of like, God, we got to, we got to get this, we got to get this. And it was an all one of those springs. It was an awful spring. It was a, just a year from hell. So it was just brutal. And so then the next year we had, we evolved and adapted. Well, that's when I had met Drake was working. He was, had been interning for Midwest Whitetail. And that was his first gig pretty much was his full time gig was producing Spring Thunder. So, that first year of spring thunder, we were filming everything down south and wherever we went with Real Tree, and then we were transferring the footage to Drake. 
And it was, I mean, you know how turkey hunting, especially now in like a daily, a reality, if you want to call it type show of filming everything that happens, it was brutal on Drake trying to make sense of what, you know, he would cut a show together and then be on the phone with me at midnight. And I never even met Drake. We're like, man, no, this happened here. This, and you're trying to piece it together. So finally we got to talking. It was like, man, it would be way easier if we were together all spring to where you could make more sense of stuff. Not only could we get it out quicker, but I mean, I can remember in the, the first year we did it, we were literally trying to get Wi-Fi in a truck. We'd leave the truck running all night long just to try to get <laughs> footage uploaded. And then it was just stalled out. And it was like, man, we're wasting more time trying to get footage to it than we are actually turkey hunting. So it's come a long way, but it was, and the best thing that ever happened with it was when Drake, me and him got together and started traveling in springs and staying with each other. And, and where, like I said, regardless, anytime you're there and living it and filming it, being a part of it is easier to edit than it is hey we killed this turkey it's like paul edit this we killed a turkey this morning like you don't have a clue what you know might have happened yeah there's i think there's so much storytelling that happens before you pull the trigger that i mean yeah if i was just watching five hours of footage you turkey hunting i'd be like well well, here's the minute here's the he said something funny here's where he killed the turkey here's where he put his hands on it done and, right, you know, and it does make a difference. And like I said, luckily we missed, and it, and it and it's hard to believe that's been five, you know, over five years ago. So we're still we're still rocking and rolling and and uh, trying to get with it. I mean, obviously we, you know, the the longer you do it, then you you realize, all right, we need this, we don't need this. You recognize certain situations, but it's still a grind. I mean, it's you know, yeah. from, anytime you go from end of February to to the first of June, it's you know, we look like couple of crackheads running around by the time June gets here. <laughs> yeah. Stopping at the yeah. gas station, brushing our teeth with a bottle of water. I mean, it's just, but it's fun. <laughs> like I said, it's all about that moment of, you know, pulling, of getting them gobbling and hopefully pulling the trigger on them. So it's, it's yeah. a, and it's fun. And again, we've been blessed, super blessed between places we've hunted and just characters and personalities we've met that you would never expect to meet, you know, and again, kind of like you said in the beginning about, getting into it bringing you out of a dark spot of your life it's like it's crazy how the hunting aspect regardless of what background you can everybody can mesh and it's kind of like a little it is kind of like a brotherhood so it's it's that's still my favorite part of the sport yeah yeah hunting i feel like is the is it's the great equalizer for for people and it doesn't matter where you grew up it doesn't matter how much money you got in your bank account you know if you go into it with the right frame of mind especially turkey hunting the right frame of mind you can have a blast and you can be really good at it or you can be terrible at it and throw a million dollars a year at it and suck. You know, (laughs) like you're just the worst turkey hunter, but you're just dumping money into it. So it's, it's definitely, it's the, it brings, it brings people together and like the, the human side of hunting, if you will, I love it. I, that's, that's, that's the fun stuff, you know, like doing this podcast, man, I get to meet you and, and, and all these cool personalities. That's, that's what I like. You know, it's really neat. Don't get me wrong. I love shooting turkeys do it all the time but the people is like really makes it makes it special you know so oh there's no doubt and that's why even even you know coming up from the first years i was a real trader always just going like the nwtf convention that was always just a cool thing because it's just like a huge group of people that just love turkey hunting and it's such a you got that common ground to where you know it don't matter what technically background you're whether you're north south east west wherever you're from you know you're there because you love turkey hunting and unless it's some poor girl got drugged by her boyfriend, then it's like, but I mean, still you're there sharing that common knowledge and just, you know, at the end of the day, whether you're in a turkey camp, whatever it is, you know, it's just cool to have that camaraderie and it's a lot more laid back than deer hunting to where people, you know, you can, you can get to know people a lot better. So it's, it's a neat, it's definitely a neat sport that I think that that's side of it. A lot of people are like, man, are you turkey hunt? Like you really like turkey hunt? Like that's the side of it that people don't see. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So you you started with Realtree. I mean, you were young, really, like 15, 16 years old, something like that? Yeah, I, when I was the week before I turned 16, I went because I live 15 minutes from from the Realtree offices. Um, my mom, I had her take, she took me down there and dropped me off and I filled out an application um, the week before I got my driver's license. And then um, with the week I turned 16, DJ, a girl, in the, uh, she's still there today. And the, she was over the warehouse. She called me and they needed somebody to help pack boxes. So I went and I worked a year and a half in the warehouse packing boxes. And my dream was just to run a camera. I just wanted to run a camera because I grew up watching All Stars of Spring, Monster Bucks. I was like, yeah, if I could just run camera. And so 
I started in the warehouse and then eventually, you know, got a, got a chance to start running camera a little bit and, and film some footage that caught David Blanton's eye. And then it kind of, you know, I was very blessed. It grew from there, you know, getting other opportunities to do stuff. So, yeah, I was there. And I left in 2020, if you say left, as far as not an everyday in the office guy. And, uh, I mean, I was, so I was there, you know, I'm 37 now, been gone for three, this would be two and a half years. And I was there over 18 years. So it was, yeah. a, it, it, it was a, it's just crazy to think back. It don't seem like it was that long, but it was, if you start putting down tree, uh, woods hours, it's like, man, that's a long time. <laughs> that's, that's a good point. So, road trips that was that was uh if you just talk about kind of like the history of of tv shows that was one that really i think changed changed the game i think probably angered a lot of people at the at the time because so were were you there you were there with so with with nick and and michael when they were getting well, yeah, around so I, right? I, I, when i was there the first years um when i was there nick was nick was i mean he was a nick hunted a little bit you know, every now and then, but he, he, Nick was, and this was years before bone collector. Nick was a camera guy. I mean, you know, Nick was me. I remember me and Nick used to, we'd, we used to go up to Milk River and guide hunts. We'd go up there and, and we had a rotating schedule of partners that Realtree had. They would come in for hunts. So we'd be up there for three weeks at a time filming and guiding hunts. So, I mean, yeah, that was the, that was the years before bone collector. And uh, so, yeah, but road trip. So I was, my first, I would have started, of at Realtree in like 2002, which would have been the first year road trips was being filmed. The first fall came out in 03, and then it got into oh when Steve Fence, Mark Walmart were producing it, and then got into 2008. Eight, I want to say, is when I started. I moved up and started producing it, and. And then that's when bone collectors start going too. So and I and I produced road trips, I think, for four years. Okay. Uh, so it was yeah, it was neat to but I never I never saw the I was there from the seeing the inside of it to where I didn't see the I knew road trips was a big show at the time, but I didn't I didn't realize the impact it had, you know, from the outside of, of, of everybody saying, Holy cow, road trips, you know, because I was there, it was all I could do to piece try to just learn how to get it together and edit because I didn't go I came straight out of high school you know I didn't go to school for it or anything so I was just and then especially by the time when I was learning to edit and started producing it I was really like you know we talk about spending a lot of time on a deer stand and I'd be up there all night long trying to get it you know edited all night I remember there were several times and even when Mark Womack was still there we would be leaving the office when it 7 30 8 o'clock in the morning when everybody was coming to work try, trying to get the show done and go take the tape to fedex to get it shipped to outdoor channel so it was <laughs> it's crazy the the how it's grown and how it's come especially especially even the, the footage side of it from logging tapes and having to go through everything off trips and you have i can remember when michael and steve finch and red akins went to alaska and there was 25 tapes had to go through and log everything and digitize it in where now you can just dump it. That's what I always give Drake a hard time about. I'm like, man, you got, I was like, all you gotta do is just drag it over there. And that's all you gotta do. I was like, man, that would have saved us. I used to spend three weeks going through a whole trip, you know, and then you got to go back and batch it in. It it, it was chaos. I mean, it's crazy how far it's come. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, you got like a little micro, like, look at that. Look at that micro SD. (laughs) <laughs> that's what like 10 tapes right there i can remember when it was going to that and um mark walmart had it and it was i was like man because like, yeah this is coming i was like man i was like man that's terrible i was like where do you store it i was like where does it go <laughs> and i was like and i was like because we had I me mean, literally we had a, a realtor we had a whole room full of huge you know 10 foot cabinets of nothing but tapes go that went all the way back to to 94 95 and then there was a whole nother uh controlled warehouse that had all the stuff housed from all the huge big beta tapes to where which i mean i'm old school which but i was like man if i need some footage though i don't want to have to look at a computer i want to go pull it off the shelf where i can go up there and i can fast forward to it and look at it you know because when they first started talking about sd cards stuff it terrified me i'm like what when it's gone it's gone I was like, what do you do and i was like yeah <laughs> you can't go get it on the tape and pull and watch it and so I was like, man, this is where it's going. I'm like, there ain't no way. 
Yeah. And so, and I held out as long as I could. I was the last one, I think, at Realtree shooting on tape. And then finally, I, we had to switch. And I was like, but it terrified me whenever I was like, it's just, I was like, what if you erase it? I was like, that's it. If you don't have it backed <laughs> up. And I was like, I don't trust technology that much. I still would be using a flip phone if it was up to me, but it was. <laughs> that's, that's funny. Imagine those guys like Cuz Strickland and Will Primos, man, walking out with like those giant, like 40 pound freaking like oh I, I, and, and they were even worse back in those days but i when i first started a real tree i remember doing the elk hunts we were doing those big 300 300 cameras to where with the big lenses and stuff it was like i mean you had to be in shape it was a when you start talking about elk hunting with a big tripod I mean, it was you're looking at a 65 70 pound pack of just equipment you know and you had these huge brick batteries which i mean you could sink a ship with them i mean there's like a cinder block so, I mean, it, it was, uh, and the batteries didn't last. I mean, I remember, I remember the mics, the wireless mics you used to have to, would, I mean, if you saw a deer, you'd have to cut them on and they'd last, you know, for 30 minutes or something. So then whenever the deer get by, hey, cut your mics off, which now you can just let it run. You know, it's just, yeah. it's crazy. I mean, and you never had like an SD card. You got 130 minutes. I mean, you know, you had tape. I can remember when you were in like crunch time having to rewind tape to go tape over stuff. So you'd have enough tape when they were coming in. So it's, it's crazy. It's, it's come a long way. Talk about stress, man. Like, well, all right, what am I going to wipe out by rewinding? Cause I got to do it. I got to get the, and, <laughs> that's well, funny. Even, that, even that I can remember several, several times guys, I've tried to never do it in the field. The guys would, I mean, like you shoot something, we'll see, let's see what the shot looks like. I mean, there were several times you'd get back in with footage, but like, especially if it was like freelance guys or somebody that didn't do it every single day. Hey, let's look at it. Well, it's the deer coming all the way, come in, then it's the recovery. It's like, well, dang, then they'd back and look at the kill and then they would tape over the whole, the whole, all the good. So it was like, <laughs> it was, you know, it was, you had to, there was a little tab you had to pop on your tape when you killed something. So you didn't get to race. It was, it was just crazy. It's come a long way. Yeah, that's 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 why that's the behind the scenes stress, I guess. That you know, guys like me, I just watch it on TV. I'm like, yeah, that was cool. So now, do you, do you remember your first hunt where David Blanton or Bill Jordan was like, all right, Philip, you're going to be on the other side of the camera now? Do you do you do you remember that? Were you were you been in a panic? The first, I would say, the first uh, hunt. Yeah, I, we were in Texas actually at a place uh, we called Vatoville. I think it was on road trips. It would have been like oh six or oh seven, and um, and Vato had said I could kill a deer, and so there was a management eight. We went in there and hunt, and Michael let me hunt, and I, that was the first thing I'd ever killed on camera. Oh yeah, I was jacked. I was you know through the roof of getting the opportunity. Then I'm like, I can't screw it up, you know. <laughs> but it was that was yeah that was uh, it's been a long time ago, but yeah it's been. It's, I remember, yeah, I remember it all, man. Like it was, like it was yesterday. It's crazy. I mean, I can remember, you know, whether it's, you know, going and, which again, back back in the, that was even the All Stars of Spring days. I can remember, it was some of it was fly by the seat of your pants. But when we were having get turkey content, it would be like, I remember we'd be at lunch or something, or it'd be David would call me in his office, but hey, come in here, hey, do you know where any turkeys are at? Like, yeah, so yeah, I mean, I heard some like, over the weekend. Hey, well, y'all go over and see if you can get a good video. But it was, it was so cool back then because it was like, man, am I doing this for work? Like, if this, this is like, like I'm getting paid because I mean, I was, you know, still, I don't think I was salary at the time, just hourly. Like, yeah, but hey, hey, no, look, but David, because David was funny because David was so laid back. David loved, always loved the video turkeys. Um, he wasn't just ate up with it going every day, you know, but I was, that's what I was coming on the scene too, to where I was like, I was infatuated with it, but I'm like, man, I don't want to, I don't want to let on that. Like I live and breathe it. Cause I was like, you know, I, but I was eating it up and that would go out there and film. And, but it was just funny. He'd be like, well, look, now y'all go out there and hunt. Now look, try to be done. Now let, let, let's all meet down at B Merrill's at 1130 for lunch. So, I mean, that was like one of the things. So it was like, it was just a big family thing. And then if you kill something, everybody would come in there in the video department, we'd pull it up on screen. So it was, you know, you'd be walking around. It was funny because Realtree kind of had a dress code, you know, dress kind of respectable. I mean, it was just us video guys. We'd be walking around in camo and, you know, and then the biggest thing we'd get reprimanded for was having muddy boots. So we'd always have a pair of tennis shoes at the door. So it was, it was, it was neat, man. It was like a little, like an old fraternity type thing. It, it was pretty cool. Yeah. 
So, I mean, obviously like deer, deer hunting content that, that moves the needle that, you know, there's more deer hunters than, than there are turkey hunters. But when I hear, when I talk to guys like you and you watch the content, like the turkey hunting, that is like, that pulls at the heartstrings almost for, for, for a lot of people to where, like you said, you look like a, <laughs> like you're homeless by the time, by the time the season gets, you know, gets over with. So was there, was there any like, uh, was there any like a, a fighting, not fighting's the wrong word, but like with, with all of these personalities at Realtree, like who gets to turkey hunt first, who gets to pull the trigger first, who gets to go on these hunts? Was there like, do you guys like fight over, you know, who gets to go on the best hunts? Like, okay, we got one Osceola hunt. Who's going, <laughs> or was it, well, was it just, yeah, I mean, and obviously it was, cause it's funny. Cause like you say that about, you know, the whole deer hunting sales thing. Cause I can remember, obviously it's, it's, with real tree and everything that, that with the monster bucks of them and it is still a business so i mean it did i can remember it getting to the point of like the turkey dvds the all-star spring stuff like it was just they weren't selling like it, it i mean there wasn't you, there, there was such a niche market and then and then the deep when the dvd stuff started going away it was like god i mean we can't it's hard to own paper to justify keep spending the money but everybody loved to do it and so that's really in all honesty, this digital side of things, this digital platform was the saving grace for turkey hunting. I mean, because it was like, well, we still got to feed. We, we still want to do it. We still want to, that's a common brotherhood out there, people who do it. But how how are we going to, how can we financially make the decision that we can justify it without spending all the money on DVDs when nobody's buying DVDs? And so, and not just for the TV stuff. So that's really where the digital stuff came along. And that that opened the door for me more than anything, I think, with the turkey stuff, because we did, I mean, we would do a select few turkey hunts um, a year for, for TV, but even like on Realtor Outdoors, you would have like one, maybe two turkey shows, you know, and um, so, and I, you know, it was one of them things that it was, it never was like an argument or like go here, go there, but behind the scenes of that, Realtree had, they would have all the partners, their licensee partners and stuff and between Bill Jordan's place. And then he had a place at the time in Alabama, he leased back going back to the Earnhardt days. He leased for 20 something years. It was 5,000 acres. It was, he just leased turkey rights. So I, I turned into that, you know, later in the years at Realtree, I had kind of a dual role where, because when I started out and I got into filming, then I was nothing. I was like, I was filming and producing, filming and producing. Well, then it turned into the spring stuff. Cause, I mean, I was infatuated with turkey hunting. So I turned into kind of a guide for these licensees. So in the spring, I wouldn't even be in the office. I would stay out and we would film some, but it was like, that was like my dual role was look, as soon as you're not in the woods, you come in here, you got to edit. But then when you're not editing, just go take these guys and get them a turkey. So I traveled a little bit doing stuff in the spring and then, but I never really, it never really kicked up on really us taking traveling, doing a ton of turkey trips until, the spring thunder stuff and all the digital stuff came on. And then gotcha. it was just, when we knew we had to have the content, you know, it was kind of like, well, who do we think could kill a turkey? And then who's obsessed with it? That can do, it can crank out 20 shows a year. Like who's, who's the crazy man that's going to stay gone from home the whole time. So I was like, well, I'll, I mean, I'll do it. So <laughs> you like fall out of your chair. Like I know I got, I was like, this is what I've been, I've been, this would be amazing. And that's yeah. what, like I said, I was, I couldn't wait to get started. And then that first year of spring thunder was complete. It was, it was just, I mean, they chewed me up, spit me out just on the, <laughs> it was, it was just a tough year. And then it was, it was adapting to the whole digital side of things and, 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 you know, trying to meet the mark on certain things and having these shows when, especially when you have missed opportunities because everybody's like, man, it's turkey and you got to have a kill everything. And then from what, from what the show kind of was, it was, you know, I don't want to call it a tip segment. It was because Aaron, did, they did a, incredible job with it but it was they had way more of a cast i guess kind of to carry the load and when we started doing it it was the first year it was just pretty much me and whoever i went with to where that's when me and drake really kind of when we kind of got control of it and talking with daniel thomas at realtor that's when we kind of made it like a day in the life of look if you want to call it a road trip style thing let's just go and let's just you know we got to own it the good the bad and the ugly and that's kind of where it for us where we started seeing growth in it, you know, obviously it was already established, but that's where we kind of, I feel like kind of rebounded. Now with, now with hunt club, I mean, you're, you, you dictate kind of your schedule 
I mean, it's your show and, and, you know, your, your buddies that are, that are there, you know, with it. So Turkey season rolls around. Are you guys getting geared up now? I mean, you got a good, when you, when you start planning for Turkey, this is, these are all selfish questions just because I'm really curious of like the behind the scenes stuff, you know, cause no, like it, I said, I just get to see the finished product and I love watching it. So, well, it's funny. We've, we've had our spots. We normally hit. And like you say, it's everybody you meet become good buddies with across the country. And, and every year there's some opportunities that we don't, that we've had not had in the past. We try to change things up, but we're kind of adapting to the times here because all the seasons are getting pushed back to where, you know, we got that there's a family down in Florida that, are, that, that that's like family to me. And um, we go down there every year in the, in the first of March because Osce- Osceola's and Southern Zone still come in that first weekend of March. Um, and then we'll – typically we would move up from there and go to Alabama, Mississippi. Well, Alabama's pushed back now to the 15th. So we'll go to Mississippi um, again to a dear friend of mine, Perry Ross, who I really got started with him deer hunting. Out, he's got an outfit in Kansas where Realtree – has deer hunting for years and he's a turkey fanatic but he's got a place a few places in mississippi that he hunts um so we bounce around you know this this is going to be the biggest struggle if you will of like late because i always we try to i always try to do the south get get take care of the south early because it's typically better there but your season's coming earlier so you know between georgia alabama mississippi florida you know by by april middle of april you got those knocked out and you're in Tennessee where turkeys are thriving good in certain parts where then we can kind of branch out. But now like Tennessee doesn't even come in until middle of April and, you know, Georgia doesn't come in until first weekend of April. So, I mean, it's, you know, everything's going to be pushed back, but we are, um, we're going to start in Florida, then go to Mississippi and then go back to the, to the Northern zone of Florida. Um, and then, um, probably hit up Alabama and Georgia. And then we actually have got a place we're going to go. We went last year with Turkish for tomorrow. Um, I've never been to Texas as early. We're going to go the first week of April to Texas and, uh, and then try to focus on, you know, Tennessee and actually going to Illinois. I drew an Illinois tag for the first oh, time. Oh, nice. Okay. So I've, I've never, That's a good uh, one. yeah, I, I, it's, I'm excited to go up there and see how it is. I've never turkey hunted up there. I hope they're not as brutal as the deer are on me because the deer hunt your- yeah that that's that'll that'll be that'll be a good hunt man that that's that's a that's a cool state i it wouldn't surprise me if a lot of states now that we've got some population challenges across the country if if you'll see more states doing what illinois does with with the draws especially on public land you know you i i wouldn't surprise me if you if you see if you that's just that's pure speculation well and i even pushing the seasons back if it if it moves the needle you know it's it's uh i would love to see what what the the benefits and the and the data says on that because i mean yeah i don't i'm obviously it's a sensitive topic the whole fanning thing and of course i mean i get lamb blasted every day it seems like i mean it could be second week in november somebody's gonna say something about fanning but my i still you know like you say about the quota and the seasons and the how many the limits are my still my thing on these states that the numbers are down is if we're if we have so many licensed hunters that are buying tags to hunt and that is a threat to the population and we're not seeing the rebound of the number of turkeys that are being killed then we have a a bag limit issue i mean if it's legal to kill them out of a helicopter if you're killing your two turkeys if it's possible for every hunter who buys a license to tag out to fill their tags and stop at that limit and it's and it's affecting the turkeys that we have to hunt the next year then we've got a bag limit issue i don't i mean i'm not i'm not trying to you know beat around the bush about it because people man i are so you're i've had people say so you're so you're supporting lowering the bag limit i'm like look if, if that's if that's what it means to figure out get it till we get a stranglehold on why we're not having the hats reproduction that we're having then yeah we need to i mean yeah i, I love yeah. killing turkeys more than anybody but i mean if it ain't if we're killing too many of the week then are being replaced and yeah but i mean yeah and i don't know i just i i get a lot of the attacks or the comments i've seen from people on the fanning stuff like well you're 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 supporting the reason that's the reason there's turkey decline that's the reason why the turkeys are declining because y'all are you're fanning them in i'm like well it gets away from the fact i'm like well first of all you're handpicking a certain tactic so i mean which is foolish in my eyes anyway but i mean if if 
were doing that, my still my thing is if it's if it's Georgia, I can kill two turkeys. So so is it okay if I go out there and if I just yelp and find two hot turkeys and I can kill them and everybody can celebrate that? Or 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 Johnny next door, if he goes and 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 rides down the road in a golf cart and he sees some of the food plot and crawls up there and kills them, like that's okay, but but it's hard for me to wrap my mind around the fact of if everybody kills them that way, then we're still good. Well, we're not good because if everybody's killing them that way and they're not fanning them in or decoying them in or whatever, or using a fighting purr or using a slate call or sitting on a seat cushion on a food plot or whatever it is, if if that's the issue at hand, we're still killing them out on turkeys. We have a bag limit issue until we figure out why we're not getting the hatch that we need to be getting. Yeah. yeah. Now that's, 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 that's an interesting, um, I'm glad I'm glad that you you brought that up. So the the fanning for me, one I'm way too dumb to know that if it's uh, you know if you're taking the 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 dominant Tom or like the biological response, right? I'm not wow. a biologist. I'll never. I'm just some dumb redneck from Ohio. So I just take the data, the science that smarter people than me, like Michael Chamberlain, Will Goolsby, and those guys that they put together. And if they're like, yes, fanning is bad, and here's why. We studied it for ten years, and I'd be like. Okay, I get that. I'll listen to that. But there's not any of that out there right now. Well, there's right. And I, I've told, you know, and, and, you know, again, I'm not beating up on nobody, but the majority mm-hmm. of the people I hear it from are keyboard heroes who want to comment on something. And it's like, well, you're doing it for likes. You do it for, you know, views. And I was like, look, we show it like it is. And the only thing that I, I am taking a stand on this year is I'm not changing the way I hunt, but I am going to show more of the failures of it. Like in the past, okay. we, we've showed the good that it's, it's easy to show the good stuff. But, you know, I've had talks with people like y'all, you know, not that I'm trying to prove a point, but I will be more transparent and show you. I still stand sure. beside the fact of I bet it works 30 percent of the time. People and I, and I again, if you look back at some of our stuff, I think it probably does look like we get out of a truck, hold a fan up and go kill a turkey. Um, But again, like you say, if and I've told people this on social media or whoever I'm talking to them face to face. Like if you show me scientific data that it is affecting the Turkey population, then I'll, then I'll, I will believe it. I was like, now my personal opinion, I think we've got, we should spend our time and money on way other resources than, than just that. But I just, as divisive as, as we're a world we're in today and you start dividing hunters in that and you handpicking, something like that is is regardless of the safety i agree i agree there's a safety aspect of that but i mean so is having a 12 year old carrying around a 20 gauge so it's like man i would and again and i'm sure there are and I, again we're blessed to do what we do and have it, it you know it first of all my biggest thing is that i get bashed on is like you do it for likes and comments and and views and make money i'm like yeah i do do this for a living but the way I was hunting, I've evolved the last five years how I deer hunt and turkey hunt, and blessed to do it enough to, to make enough stupid mistakes and realize where I've screwed up and learn from where I what I can and can't get away from. But again, we show things like it is. I don't do anything to say, oh, this will get a bunch of views. This will get. A, I mean, I just love to hunt, and again, I'm blessed to, that we got a platform to be able to put it out there and do it on. But it's it's again it's like you say people waking up just wanting to hate on somebody so bad and it's like again my biggest thing even to those people is like i don't understand where your passion's going i respect your passion but take some of that passion of hate you got for me whoever it is and go take somebody who ain't never been hunting take 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 the energy you got in that and go take somebody and a granddad a kid whoever it is get them into the sport and teach them your way. I, I don't, I don't think everybody's got to hunt the way I hunt. I don't think everybody's got to blow a diaphragm. Everybody's got to have a box call or use a decoy. I don't think everybody's got to use a shotgun, but teach them. If, if you got such a strong feeling and, and, and love the sport of it, hold a boot camp every year to, to, and teach people how you hunt, hunting a loincloth and low a fig leaf. I don't care. It's like, but use it for something positive than just trying to bring somebody else down just to yeah. try to make you feel better. I mean, that's, that's yeah. what I, I'll never understand. No, that's I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm with you on that, man. It's a, it's a collective deep breath, right? Deep breath and relax. Uh, right. It's like, <laughs> yeah, maybe, I maybe mean, people do need to go do another push up. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Get some of that piss and vinegar out of their system. So, <laughs> oh man. So you've got, so you're going to South Florida. So I I'm doing my first, 
South Florida turkey hunt this year. First Florida turkey hunt, period. Awesome. Man, I am looking. Public or private? So I'm going to do a little bit of both. I'm going down to South Florida uh, for a couple of days. I'll be on some some private property uh, with with a buddy of mine from Alabama. And then we'll probably venture out and do some some public land hunting just because I've heard it's so it's so different. The public land versus private I, property. I, in Florida. Going, I was way down down the, uh, a few years ago. I still want to do it again. I, I want to get my stuff together and do my homework and go down there and prep for it. Um, I know Dave always goes in there a lot because mm-hmm. the only like the walk on down there is that one spot down in the big cypress down in South, South Florida, where we went down there, man, it was brutal. It's a, especially depending on the year, whether it's dry or wet. Cause I mean, it's, and it's, it's just getting around. Like, that place is so big. I mean, it's swampy it's too. I mean, it's a giant swamp, right? Oh, that's all it is. It is nothing but a swamp. I mean, it's, you know, with, with gators and, uh, pythons running around everywhere and panthers so I mean, that's why i live in ohio man because we don't have gators we don't have pythons we don't have panthers we don't have giant spiders i'll tell you what my, my first experience with like florida wildlife years ago i was riding a four-wheeler through the ocala national forest but i was with he was on a dirt bike in front of me i was on a four-wheeler and he goes out and around and i'm just looking at him like what the hell is he doing and there was one of those giant banana spiders that had made a web across the you know what i'm talking about yeah something out of jumanji yeah, they're like a freaking the size of a dinner plate. So I see I'm headed like face first for this thing. So I just let go of the four-wheeler. I'm like, it's sand. I'll be all right. I just let go. I dive right off that thing. I'm like, you know what? Going back to Ohio. I don't like it. I don't like it down here. There's snakes. There's bugs. I, I stepped on my first timber rattler last year in Tennessee. Oh, and I was good. not. I was not happy. And I will. I, I will say I didn't. I didn't mess with that snake because he decided not to bite me. He could have. Well, he absolutely. I, ste- I stepped. They're kind of in pockets up up there. I'm in Tennessee right now, actually. So they're it's weird. Okay. They're in pockets. Some places you don't you don't see them, but there but there's so many rocks up here, man. That when you get in them, you're in them. Yeah, I was in uh, LBL is where I was at, Lamb Between the Lakes, okay. and I uh, first pig. We don't have pigs in Ohio. First hog, I saw a bunch of hogs. Scared one out of a wall or a tree blown down. It was full of water. I walked up and he popped out. I was like, "Oh my god!" I thought it was a bear at first. I'm like, "Oh, it's a that's a hog," and he just he just stares at me and just takes off running. It's, uh, you're it like was, my buddy, my buddy uh, Jared uh, Larson from Onyx. He uh, it was a last minute thing a few years ago and invited him down to South Florida turkey hunting, and uh, he literally like threw his stuff in a backpack, flew down there from Montana. His first week of March, and man, by lunch the first, not even by lunch, I'd say by like eight o'clock the first morning, you might as well have dropped him out of the airplane in Africa. He was like, "Man, I mean, it was like, I mean, we're in South Florida in the swamp." I mean, he's like, "Where, where am I at?" It's, yeah. it's you know, it's eighty-five degrees. He's sweating. He's like, oh, "Holy cow, there's snakes, it's sand, and, it's, and he he killed his first Osceola." But it was, it's funny. Which again, I'm I grew up in Georgia, so I obviously been in florida a bunch and it's it is funny to see the reaction of some people especially even with snakes like drake lamb from iowa they don't have any i mean they got like garter snakes up there but he uh when he gets down there he's like all he wanted to do was to, for the first three years of spring thunder we'll see a rattlesnake man i just want to see a rattlesnake so finally we, we ran into a man and he was like man he is terrified he won't even hardly walk in the dark he's terrified yeah so it's it's funny but it's just a way of life where i grew up you just gotta be yeah. careful and watch your step in my in my southern my southern experience, which so southern Kentucky, if you consider Kentucky, no offense to y'all living uh, below the high river here, but so Kentucky, Tennessee, Alabama, uh, soon to be Florida, um, I haven't I haven't seen a cottonmouth yet. I've just Ooh. seen them on videos. Not looking forward to running into to one of those <laughs> one of those snakes. They look they look insane. I hear the they're real mean, man. They're, they're that thing. That's the worst snake there is. They're, they're mean. Is they, they won't get ninety percent of the time. They won't move. I mean, they're aggressive. Do so, they come after you, or are they just like hanging? I've out seen later? them. Yeah, they they. But my advice: if you see one, kill it. I mean, it's there. But like I said, they're they're bad. They'll coil up and just they won't move. I mean, and plus they're so dark. They blend in so good. But I, they start like, coming to me. Yeah. Oh, God, sorry. If you ever in water areas, though, look for little like dry spots. That's where they get. It's there. We I killed mean, one right here in Mississippi. It was. Ugh. They start coming at me, but I'm gonna send ninety dollars of TSS downrange. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna... And they, they're and I know snake looks cool, but I mean they're even like evil looking. They're bad. They're rough. I've seen pictures. I'm not. I mean, I'm not. I, I don't know. Hopefully, I don't see <laughs> see a cottonmouth. I see a python. 
I'm out. I mean, yeah, it could be I'll, five minutes into that woods. I'm out. Yeah, so. that we went down to South Florida down there. I'd, I'd actually talked to one of the the uh, rangers down there just asking because I was like, man, if we see one, can we kill it? I said, well, we don't really kill the males. I'm like, how do you? Why not? Go? I mean, wait, you, you want them here? Them like, what do you do? Pick them up, look underneath, see what they are. Right. Yeah, excuse like, me, sir. So, but they they have those big python hunts and stuff. I'm like, man. He's like, well, you shouldn't man. see one. You should be all right. I'm like, yeah. Fair enough. Know, man. Yeah. Yeah, that's so that's that's one thing is I is I get to you know venture out more and more into the into the wilderness, if you would, with with turkey hunting. I, I enjoy because yeah, you can only learn so much on a computer screen, you know, on a podcast. You can only learn so much. And then the moment your boots hit the ground that first morning in Florida or Montana, wherever you're at, that's when the that's when the lesson starts, you know. And I, oh, I think the you know, because I, I I hear like, well, Osceolas are this way. And I've only hunted Easterns. Osceolas are this way. Easterns are this way. And I mean, so have you hunted all all the subspecies of turkeys? Yeah, yeah. And I, I mean, obviously, Osceolas are being the the that early. You know, any again, I think anytime early in the season, traditionally, is pretty good. But they're they're an Osceola, in my opinion, is the most. They're the most aggressive. I mean, they're they're. I mean, they're like little banny roosters. They'll. I mean, they're mean. I mean, but and again. The biggest, probably the biggest learning curve I did going down there the first time in that terrain and climate is, you know, is, is hearing them to where, especially when they're on the ground, if you're in, in this terrain where there's a bunch of palmettas and stuff, if you can hear them, I mean, you better, you know, be looking to set up or yeah, to where, I mean, it's just, it, it's muffled and the humidity can be down there so bad to where it just muffles it so bad to where sound just doesn't travel that much, you know, and, um, but like I said, that they're, they're the thing down there, glassy roads. If they're not gobbling, you know, every, every bend you come around glass or they're known to get out in those roads, sandy roads and stuff. And, and probably besides your setup on the sound, the biggest thing I've learned to not never underestimate with them is those suckers. They live in a the jungle. They'll come through anything. I mean, they, I can remember old timers down there telling me they could remember calling them in and it was just barely daylight sitting on the edge of a slough and said, looking, he could see a weight coming and no turkey. He was beer deep. just coach walking through the water coming. I mean, they, they live in that. I mean, that's, I mean, so we don't underestimate them. Like, man, your typical turkey would be like, God, I got water. that's going to hang up. I mean, they, they come through that stuff all the time. Um, and even those palmettas and stuff, it's thick and you're like, there ain't no way a turkey can get in there. And then, I mean, you'll hear them. It sounds like an old hog rooting around like an armadillo coming through there. So they, I mean, obviously that's not your, hand-picked scenario call one through but they will they'll come through that stuff to where it's it's that that they don't they don't seem to hang up on stuff near as much as what a traditional if you put an eastern down there man he may sit in one spot for a year you know you got a you got a two-foot line fence laying down it's one one line one line fence and that sucker will just walk back and forth i'll tell you the funniest the funniest story that i have for turkeys hanging up i was hunting in southeastern ohio and i had a turkey come down 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 the ridge i mean i i I saw him coming he was he was on a string and there's just this this house cat i was hunting public property that you know butted up to a bunch of houses this house cat I see movement and he's walking across this, this big lay down tree. And this Turkey's got to come over this tree to get to me. And there's, you know, big ravine Creek. He's not going that way. And this cat would just walk back and forth on top of this tree. And this Turkey was just walking, like trying to get around and the cat would go back. And I'm like, I'm going to shoot this cat. Who's ever cat this is. I'm going to kill it. But that Eastern was just like, man, I've had enough. And just, just freaked out. And just walked right back. I'm like, what the hell, man? Like it's a cat. Like you just, gobble at him this thing's gonna take off running and he never he just like and you don't ever know why that and like you said it could it could have been 10 minutes later and the same thing happened he don't bat an eye yeah and he just moves on but at that moment in the day he's like i'm not messing with this i just woke up hung over going back to the (laughs) going back to the roost tree you know it's funny it reminds me of the old eddie salter used to uh he's like my turkey hunting idol but he was he used to always say in the seminars he'd open it up saying you know Everybody asks me the number one question I get asked is why is a turkey hang up on a logging road or why is a turkey hang up on a deadfall? He was like, and I'm going to tell y'all at the end of the seminar what I think, my opinion on it. And so, of course, everybody's, you know, that's what they want to know. So he goes, all right, then he goes, I'm going to tell y'all, he goes, people want to know why turkey going to walk to a certain spot and will not come through that. And everybody's waiting. He goes, anybody got suggestions? You know, they'll raise their hand. He'll be like, well, I'm going to tell y'all I do not know, but if I did, I'd be a millionaire. Yeah. So he's like, he goes, why they walk to a limb and won't cross it, or they come to a logging road, won't cross it. He's like, nobody knows. It's just, and yeah. it's, 
again, and then you see them come through stuff. Like I said, I mean, and again, the Masiolas obviously hang up, but they'll come through things that's like unbelievable. And then you get them on a logging road or like a little opening, they will not even come out into the middle of it, you know. But um, yeah, the only you know, other thing I was thinking about Osceola is just keep in mind, especially if it's when it starts getting hot, as those suckers love the shade. I mean, I, okay. I almost like a Texas Rio when it's hot. I've literally seen them strut them palmettas, and they'll cut, almost run shade to shade whenever whenever they start getting hot. So especially if you're afternoon setup, stuff hitting goblin. Think about that. That's good. That's good information. You know the the, the difficult part about running a podcast called How to Hunt Turkeys uh, is that the answer to so many questions is I don't know, and I've I've said that a hundred times on this show. I don't know, and guess what? Yeah. Literally, no one else on this planet knows. You don't right. know. There's, I mean, I think. You know, and I've said this too. Like, I feel like turkeys have they exercise free will more than any other animal on the face of the planet. And it's just oh, like, they're, yeah, they're just like, man, I'm going to go this way today. Why? Who the hell knows? Well, because that's, that's what that's, he wanted to do, right? And that's what I'll be. You know, it, even it gets into tips and tactics of crawling and and moving and what a turkey will come through. We want show him a decoy, not show him a decoy, to where I've that's that's what. To me, I think is is I've tried to people will know like why do you love it so much? I'm like, well, knowing that, that the turkey that's been acting like this all day long could just flip it a trigger and just come run us over, knowing you've got a chance to where they could just turn it around and it could be the best hunt of the year, and you could yeah. get them into, into five steps. It's like that's what keeps you going because you know, you know, it's it's kind of like a a deer locked down on the doe. I'm like, well, God, he's locked down. We're you know we're screwed the next three days versus a turkey. He may just break down and leave his hands and come over to you. You don't ever know, but that's what keeps you going. I mean, you know, like you said, because at any any moment in time, it could all turn around. Yeah, I mean, you could hear nothing for ten hours, and then right. that turkey's that turkey's ready to die and gobbles, and you're like, you're in the game. All of a sudden, the, one of the one of the things that that I heard that someone told me years ago that kind of changed my when I was really learning to turkey hunt. Um, the turkey's gobbling and they hit the ground and they just start walking and you're yelping or whatever, whatever you're doing, calling. And they just, they want nothing to do with you. And they just keep walking. And so for years I was like, okay, where do I need to be in this scenario? And someone was like, well, it's not, it's not where you need to be. It's where does he want to be? Where, where is he want to be within the train, within the landscape, if there's hens or other turkeys, what it was. So where, so I started like really thinking about, you know, okay, maybe there, and I don't, if I don't know the property, maybe there is a line fence or maybe there's a little Creek that I don't know about, you know, looking at the map and maybe there's a freaking house cat out there that's chasing this Turkey off. I'm not sure what it is, but so when, when you've got, when you've got those turkeys, man, they're just moving a lot. And and it happens a lot. I think like in Ohio early season, you know, it's still kind of cold, you know, the, a lot of breeding still going on, a lot of nesting. So we got a lot of hen pressure. So when, when you're hunting turkeys, and they're just not responsive for what they might be gobbling at you, but they're not coming. And, and you know what I'm talking about? They don't care that you're there and they just keep, right. what are you, what are you doing? Do you just hang out and wait or, or are you, are you crawling? Are you moving? Yeah. I mean, if I normally, you know, it all depends on the terrain. Like, I mean, if you're in a spot where you know where they're at, like, especially if, whether they're gobbling to a call, alcohol, whatever it is, or gobbling at crows on their own, whatever it is. If, if I, I still, regardless if a turkey's hand up what time of year, I mean, it can be right now in February, it can be middle of deer season. Every turkey, I feel like it's got their own personality and every turkey's got their bubble to where I, I, I still try to infiltrate that bubble no matter where I'm at on, on a, or, or what time of year it is. So if a turkey's down there gobbling, and say he's gobbling every, we killed a turkey a few years ago, probably been, nine or 10 years ago now, one of my best friends and my dad, turkey's been gobbling from a distance. And it took this about the third time we had hunted and he was gobbling. He had, from a distance, he'd gobble every time you call, every time you call. Then he'd start gobbling on his own every time. Every time you got within 200 yards of him, he'd shut up. And so, um, and I'm like, man, he was screaming. We did, but about the third time, he got the gobbling on his own. So we got in there, called. He didn't say a word. So I said, all right. And they were ready to go. I said, we're going to give him 15 minutes. Let him get gobbling. So let that turkey get the gobble on his own again. He'd gobble once every 15 minutes, and we'd close the gap to get in that bubble and just light call. He'd come right in there and we killed him. But point being is I think I try to let them make the play as much, much as they can, as much as they'll reveal on their own. And then 
you know, whether you're looking at a map or, or, or you know the land, the, the terrain, where, if, especially if they're not moving much, if they're staying kind of stationary and not like going from point A to point B and try to get in that bubble of them to where you can finesse them, whether it's they're in a spot, you can crawl up there and just crawl up there through a ditch and kill them or else they're struck with hens, or you can get in there and try to soft call. Um, and I always in that situation start start lower than I would high and come in there with just enough where you can, you can spark their interest to where, if they are in a, if say it is hardwoods, you know, and you can get the, get the leg up on them if it's up a ridge, and you can start soft call enough to where he'll acknowledge you. A lot of times, if they're just feeding around, you know, that strutter, he may swing another fifty or sixty yards out to try to pick another hand up if he thinks you're over there and not necessarily calling to him, but just over there feeding. So I mean, I think every scenario is differently, but I, I try, always try to let them. I try to get as close as I possibly can through the through the lay of the land and terrain if you know a turkey's hung up and not coming, you know, if, if you're checking his temperature and he's still, and he's just, you know, he's not breaking. And then if he's gobbling on his own, you know, let him do that before you ever even let him know you're in the, in the ball game with him trying to make a play on him. That's the fun stuff right there. And, you know, if, if people are listening and, and they've not turkey hunted, that's the stuff where you're like, Oh, here we go. You know? Oh you're yeah. You know, it's it, you're... like warfare. I mean, it's like, yeah. okay, well, this is, but again, and, 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 and it's not always going Obviously, it doesn't always work out. But to your point, if a turkey's do, if they're doing something, if it's a whole flock, that's that's where I think people grow as turkey hunters. When you don't when you don't win the match, that's when you become better. And like if and if you're not willing to learn every time you go out there to where if you get in there and he beats you, pay attention to what happened. To where you know if you're on that turkey nine times out of ten, it's going to ha- you're going to be on that turkey again in that scenario. Okay. Where did he beat you last time? So try to figure him out and beat him to that point next time, whether it's physically beating them to where they were at or figuring out the way they exited and went off. And, you know, it's, it's, that's the side of it that I think that gets more into the analytics of the deer hunting side of saying, okay, where are they physically beating me at on what they're doing to where, you know, and like you say, you, you every turkey is his own man to where that they can turn it around at the blink of an eye. You know, you may get in there and saw field. He'll look up, turn around the next day, and turn around and just walk right to you and you kill him. He may leave his hands, but you may get his hands coming to you. But like I said, I think it's important to people become better turkey hunters the more they get beat and pay attention to why they got beat and making adjustments on that, in my opinion. Yeah, for sure. I think the, the only constant in turkey hunting is the best way to learn is failure. Right. And that's 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 not killing a turkey, you know, if that's your definition of success. So... That's the side. I mean, you walk out empty-handed. You're like, damn, that was sweet. That was a lot of fun. What did I do wrong? What did he do? What? How did I not react? What could I do? That's like you said. That's where people really start to fine-tune their turkey hunting and 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 really getting. I mean, turkeys come and working. You're in the game, right? Pulling the trigger. That's 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 you know winning the game. Right. I did. I did air quotes. You get the kamikaze turkey that's going to come run you over. Yeah, and those are awesome to make you feel like a hero. But they're just not ever. If you want to consistently kill them. You know, and 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 whether it's you or taking somebody with you, it's like you you gotta you gotta dive deep and dissect how they beat you, and 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 try to get in the mind of a turkey and be like, okay, you know. And again, the way they're acting, I think, is recognize those situations of how it's going to play out. Okay, this is this turkey's doing this. He's hanging up, or he's he's gobbling like he's hand up down there, or, or you know, he's he's. You know, he ain't biting on a, on any kind of cutting or hard call. It's all soft calling or maybe scratching the leaves or, you know, or if he won't come any further, try to close that gap when he goes down there and, and then and just get enough to get in that side of that bubble. Because like I said, whether they're hinned up or by themselves, they all got a bubble. If you can break that bubble, most time you can get a shot at them. Yeah, that's good. I like that. I've never I've never thought of it. They, they have they had their bubble, you know, and that I like that. Yeah, that's 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 very that's good advice, man. Well, and like because, I said, I think it it, it it may fluctuate. You know, I don't not bashing anybody, but they're like a woman. I mean, it, it fluctuates day to day. One day it may be huge, and one day it may be you know sixty yards. I mean, you may have to be to get in this bubble. You may have to actually can I sit there and get him killed. But I mean, it's a uh, you know I think every that's the important thing is just again learning and don't ever quit on them. You know, yeah. until you see them flying off, I, you know, don't quit. If you know they're there, keep keep keep. I mean, I. Again, the, you know, you've been on how many turkeys you've been on, you get killed and sitting there on them. And I physically laid there and watched them for three and a half hours with hens and they ain't moved 80 yards and they ain't sucker ain't said a word, you know. Um, yeah. But again, Just it's got to cut it out. Little things, you know, paying attention to, you know, if, if 
sometimes you do got to kick it out of gear and, and just and and wait them out and let them you know my old buddy from south alabama said you're on turkey time you know they're, they're not on your time you got to wait them out because you get that little crack of a door opening whenever that they're vulnerable and you can get them you know get them in shotgun range yeah let's do let's do a rendition of the of the classic tulsa time let's yeah. do that rendition of turkey, turkey time, time. We're, yeah we're just, Hose, i think hosey will do it he'll probably have a hill i he'll bet have, he will <laughs> yeah, I bet he will. I just want to sing background vocals in, in the music video when, when he's up there just wailing about Tulsa or Turkey time. <laughs> so Philip, man, I've really appreciated your time today. I've, I've enjoyed this conversation. You know, one of the, one of the best parts about podcasting is i never know where the conversation is going to go. And I just enjoy good conversations. And uh, man, this one covered a lot of stuff. I really, I really enjoyed it. This was, this well, was really you, cool. Sorry, I didn't mean to, I didn't mean to rant too much. So I was just, like you said, Hey man, that's the stuff I like. It, people aren't here to hear me talk. No one gives a crap about me. That was great. That was great, man. Just the experience and 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 just, man the the evolution. Uh, and I I thank you for for your time today. Um, if you well, would, thank do, you. Thank you. do give me one more. Give me your best advice for new turkey hunters or 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 turkey hunters that are trying to be to become better turkey killers. It's the best advice. I mean. Obviously, now the days of YouTube, you can learn and look at things and, and dissect how you want to hunt. But my thing is just just don't quit. I mean, don't 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 get down and get beat up. Keep going and keep trying to pay attention to where your failures are at. You know, I mean, get you if he's starting out with a good box call and don't get discouraged with people using diaphragm and stuff like oh, I'll never be able to do that. You know, no, nobody come out of the womb yelping on the diaphragm. So, I mean, you know, it gets you something that you're confident in and making turkey noises and 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 keep digging and grinding and, and don't give up on them because you know, it, if it's, if it starts out one day out of the spring, you know, you, you'll, you're going to find one that's vulnerable. And then once you, especially if you've never killed a Turkey, once you break that through that barrier and you get one and you get a Turkey killed and you do it yourself, it's, it's a life changing experience. I mean, I, and I, I don't say that lightly or, or in a joking manner, it literally is, is it'll change your life and make you pick up a hobby that you never thought was possible. Yeah. I give me chills, man. It it really is a lot. It's a, you know, I I've heard so many guys say it's a religious experience at that moment. And it, it really is, man. And, uh, it yeah, is, I mean, like it literally is a lot. And like I said, you'll, it'll, like we open this thing with it'll, you get into something like this and it's, it, it, it you'll enter, be introduced to people and make friends of, 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 and, and cross paths with folks that you may have never have met in a million years because of, of the wild Turkey. And it's, it is a, it's a, a very, sacred thing yep absolutely philip where can people find you on social media where i've got we've got the hunt club uh, at hunt club tv instagram um hunt club with philip culpepper uh facebook um mine is personal is culpepper jr so uh we'll be there and then obviously we've got our uh we're on waypoint we're on uh um youtube hunt club hunt club with philip culpepper and real Tree 365 app so we're we're out there you can google us and you'll find something to click on and we're going to be on and we'll start, we're going to be on your site. So it'll, Oh yeah. I haven't actually talked about that on this yeah, podcast. So we'll, so we'll, 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 just, we'll, we'll debut it here. <laughs> yeah. Turkeyseason.com coming at you quick, man. March, March 1st is the official date for you that. Can't, so. If somebody can't figure out they can get Turkey content at turkeyseason.com then they need to, they, they, right? they need to go back to That's school. It. <laughs> <laughs> Philip, thanks for your time, man. I really appreciate you. Yeah, buddy. Thank you.